Anyone can talk football. Not everyone can do it East Coast style. The East Coast Gridiron Podcast, starting now. All right, guys, welcome back for episode 13 of the East Coast Gridiron Podcast. All right, so as you see, we got a special guest in the house. Right I've been now. advertising this all week. If you've seen the video, <laughs> you know, Great video, man. We, yeah. we, we disagree with some things and that's okay. So, you know, I had to bring a different perspective on the show. So I, as always, this is everybody's favorite couch quarterback, Dante here with Rob. What's up? The fantasy football God. This hey, man. man has won two years in a row and it hasn't even been fair. Hey, timing's everything. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Right it below is. me. We got Gene from uh, the wire to wire podcast. What's happening? Y'all. How you feeling? Hey. And then, uh, of course, the stats guru, Don. Live from Maryland. Hey, uh, and, and if everybody knows, or if anybody doesn't know, all the graphics that we put up as far as like the, the fun facts and all that come from, pretty much come from Don. Yep. Sometimes I'll find some cool stuff like, yep. you know, trivia time. Michael Vick throws left-handed, but he does everything else right-handed. Right-handed, yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Kicking, crazy. plays hockey, baseball, swings right-handed. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely insane. So um, let's go ahead and give a shout out to the sponsor today of Float Posters. As always, coming through Clutch, yes. he's got that HBCU license. And if y'all didn't know, that's my dad. So, you know, yeah. that just I just got to shoot, shoehorn him in as a, as a sponsor. <laughs> but uh, did you ever get your posters? Yes, I did. They uh, all came in. All I'm right. hanging them up. So my man, Rob, yeah. man, he texted me. He's like, right. My, my posters are missing. It was just an empty tube. The UPS man just yeah, dropped U, it off. U, UPS man liked the posters. He, he dropped me an empty tube <laughs> on my porch. But I, I just got the replacements in. They look great. Yeah. Hanging them up uh, downstairs. So if I ever do uh, remote in instead of coming to the studio, you'll see them in the background. Yeah. I mean, there'll, there'll be some days. You know, oh, sure. That'll happen. But, you know, it's beyond our control. So that's right. You yep. know, when things happen like that. But, uh, but they hope- took care of me. Great service. I got to say. Oh, yeah. Your customer service is always good, right? Yeah, very good. <laughs> um, and then check out the merch, guys. We we dropped the merch store a couple of weeks ago. We all got the, you know, my, our favorite saying, you got to have the feedies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So go ahead and, and, and cop some uh, some shirts and, or some hoodies. And a new e- easy URL. Oh, yeah. EastCoastGridironMerch.com. So nice. go ahead and... Uh, check it out but uh we we just dropped that new shirt with the vertical ecg logo i'm so glad I'm that you know, that one up it looks good yeah a, a lot of people you know when we restarted everything from the gopher 2 and came back as the east coast gridiron i mean even gene was like i like the whole rebrand i like the logo yeah um so I'm, I'm glad that everybody is very receptive to that that's one comment that we always get you know aside from everything yep. else is like i like the name and the logo um, I love that you guys have a little slogan too. The feedies, man. You gotta yeah, have the feedies. You gotta have the feedies, man. Awesome, man. Every, <laughs> every position. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, as you know, this is not really our first topic, but we do want to make it our first topic this week since Gene yeah. is coming over from Wire to Wire. I don't know if you guys checked out his show. I usually listen throughout like the whole show. And then I'll start commenting when it comes to football because when y'all start talking about baseball and stuff, <laughs> the way that Shally talks about baseball makes me want to watch baseball. <laughs> Which is a nod to your to the whole show. It's like you yeah. guys maybe want to watch basketball. I, I don't like college basketball. I'd rather watch NBA. But the two sports that I always say that I have the most in the well, the three. First of all, MMA. Uh yes. and then, you know, anything football. I'm always on anything football. And then hockey's kinda like my third, right? Sure. And now we got Rob here who's the yep. he's probably gonna be the hockey expert, <laughs> but um but yeah, man. 
appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I, I love everything that you guys are doing. I, I think who had shared it out and then you guys are like on your third episode or something like that. It was somebody that we work with. I, mm-hmm. I forget who it was, but uh, that's, that's how I got into your show. If you wanted to kind of referred by a friend, yep. right? Yeah. Ref- <laughs> it was a referral code. Referred by, I don't know. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I set them to check. I'm <laughs> so no, I, I've been doing wire to wire for, you know, we're at 27 episodes now and it, it's, it's a lot of fun. Like I've been yep. in a sports my entire life and, um, you know, one of the episodes I kind of broke down, like how I got into it. And it, I've, I've always wanted to do sports broadcasting. I wanted to go to, I wanted to go to Connecticut school of broadcasting. I didn't. Right. Um, my dad passed away in 2019. And uh, after he passed away, um, I decided I'm not, I'm no longer going to wait. And like, this is what I love. Like I watch more sports. My girlfriend yells at me all the time because I can't <laughs> like, go to sleep. I'm watching the 1030 NBA game. Yep. Uh, so I've been into it and, <laughs> every sport I can get into. Like I, you, you guys, if you ever listen to wire to wire, we're yeah. just talking about the PGA tour, like yep. the masters. It's like, yeah. we can get into almost anything. Uh, I'm not as obscure as Shally. Sure. But, um, <laughs> watching yeah, that late I, night curling from, you know, Western Canada. I'm like, man, <laughs> he's telling me like 27th ranked tennis players. I'm like, yo dude, I don't know, bro. Like Serena. Yeah. I'm sure. good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that that's kind of funny that you say that because it was almost like the same situation, and it was it actually was me and Don. And when I first started working um, with the bank in 2015, you know, first of all, me and him hit it off because of my MMA background. But also, yeah. it, it kind of grew into oh, I, I like talking about football more than more than anything else. I mean, I can talk MMA just from being involved in the sport, but football has always been like just the main passion of mine so when i started i was like dude we could do multiple sports but you know i don't want not this is not like a knock on you guys but i just didn't want to seem like the guys that weren't talked about it like we were the experts we really weren't the experts almost so uh i was like let's just do football since that's kind of the thing that all of us like all all of us have been in a fantasy football league for years now and um don was yeah, and then Don wanted to get into, you know, voice work, you know, at one point. Yep. And uh, he actually did a couple projects with that, too. And sure. I was like, dude, our voices don't sound bad. That's, you know. <laughs> and then doing a show and just talking, I mean, having locker room talk, you know, I think would be be awesome. Some Somebody might like to hear us. And, you know, it's been a slow growth. Yep. But at the end of the day, I don't care if anybody doesn't listen to us, you know. As, as long as I can go back and, you know, I spoke about one of the things that Don always brings up. He's like, you remember when you said Daniel Jones is going to get drafted to the Giants before anybody started talking about that? Yep. And that's something that's in the archive. That's in the back pocket. That's like, dude, I can refer to when I talked about it and when I talked about it uh, or what date. So yep. um, I know Don had a couple of questions for you, too. Uh, it amazes me how how um, it amazes me how how knowledgeable you are with football. And I listen to your guys show and it's like. You guys will pull up stuff, and I'm like, whoa, got to pull up the phone. I got to just, wow, that's that's <laughs> accurate. And, like, I'm not fact-checking you guys, but you bring out some topics that just – you guys are obviously deep, deep football guys, and I, I watch a ton of football. But when it comes to college football, man, outside of your Trevor Lawrence take, like, I, I love <laughs> listening to everything that you say, man. I feel like it's um, – it's it's spot on. And everybody's entitled to their opinion. Uh, I just yeah. don't know what you don't love about Trevor. Trevor, I get – I guess we'll get into that, but <laughs> it's like a whole episode. Uh, I love listening to you guys. You guys are so much fun. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just certain things that 
I don't want to say that I see differently than other people, but I kind of have to consider. And that's why I like having Don on the show because he'll get, he bases everything off of the stats. I mean, he's the, he's the, <laughs> and he's the, you know, the East coast gridiron analyst when it comes to stuff. But, you know, as far as like playing the game or like, I'm a big whiteboard guy. Like you drop any play and I'll probably know how to counter. I, I feel like I'm the, the the low grade low grade level uh, John Gruden almost but <laughs> I I just like I've always liked college better than the NFL I don't like the egos sometimes but it doesn't mean that I don't pay attention to the pros more than born to college it's just right. you know when it comes to talking about college ball I probably watch college ninety five percent of the time over the eighty percent of the time I might watch the NFL because it's like you know who the good players are going to be every single year and it's really not that much of a a surprise when you know like Aaron Rodgers wins the MVP again so um but obviously you're based out of Philly right you grew up in Philly yeah grew up in Philly born and raised in Philly um lived in North Philly then moved to the Northeast when I got a little older so you're a straight Philly guy all all teams Philly. yep yeah same here everything Philly so I, I guess I'm the yeah. oddball here yeah, yeah. grew up in Baltimore <laughs> yeah. but like the Jaguars the Seahawks the Dallas Stars <laughs> for hockey you know, yeah, you're all over the map. Yeah. I, <laughs> and I just cling on the players like with the Jaguars thing. That was solely because that's when I first started watching football. I mean, four I was four or five years old when when they were a team. And I remember Steve Berline, Mark Brunel and Drew Bledsoe were like the three quarterbacks that I always watched. And I mean, we could get into this on another show. Sure. But in, in high school. I tell you, I tell you like a little Dante Dante quiz question. If you want to ask me who my favorite quarterback in college was, it was Brady Quinn, and I hate Notre Dame. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a but, that's a name <laughs> that it's like if you know Dante, you might know that question. So there you go. Um, if if I have a somebody that clones themselves and they say it's me, then ask them that question because they probably won't know. <laughs> <laughs> so Brady uh, Quinn, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is very interesting. But uh, we'll go ahead and move on, man. But yeah. like I said, we we appreciate everything that you're doing wire to wire. Uh, it's it's cool that I kind of look at you guys as like friendly competition, even though we're not really competing mm-hmm. with each other. But it's good that it's like iron sharpens iron. You know, you'll tell me if I'm wrong about something or tell me like, hey, man, that's kind of wild that you would say that. But it always seems like we always meet in the middle and you're like, oh, I get what you're saying there or, you know. No, well, most people that make wild takes and hot takes, and say things that are off the world to have no nothing to back it up with. Like I know mm-hmm. that you watch his pro day. I know you've watched every throw the kids made. Mm-hmm. Like I know that you're knowledgeable about it. So like when you say something, even if I disagree with it, like I can't argue it. I can't argue the fact. I can argue against it, but I can't argue your opinion. Right. Um, Makes sense. Right. So yeah, you definitely know what you're talking like. about, and I love listening to you guys too. Like I don't look at it as a uh, competition. Right. I don't. I think that we all are, you know. Uh, local podcasters that are knowledgeable and passionate that are just, you know, looking to can create good content so people can listen and be a little bit more knowledgeable about the sports that we love. Yeah. I, I guess that was the wrong way to say it. The, the best analogy that I can give for you and us is like, you're the best sparring partner in the gym. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you're, when we got a fight coming up, you're going to make sure that we're ready and you're not going to take it easy on us. Cause you're like, are right, you going against Francis and Ghana? You're going to get knocked out. <laughs> so I'm gonna throw every punch at you, so you know that when he hits, is he's gonna mean it. So that's kind of you know that's more so how I look at it. Uh, let's go over to the comments. Cottrell, 
Well, if you're a Jags fan, you better get used to loving Trevor Lawrence. That is true. <laughs> we will see. We will see. Before this whole thing, man, I, I was just like, why is Urban Meyer not going after Deshaun Watson? But it is uh it is kind of obvious of, you know, what's going on with that situation. But uh to head over, you will always like to knock out NCAA right off the rip because it, NFL is the most popular, but um Way too early college football predictions. So since Gene is the guest on the show, we actually got him going first on his list. Okay. Um, I mean, I I have a little bit of notes here. Uh, Bama, I mean, I, I don't know how you don't have them in the top four. Uh, Bryce Young is going to pick up right where Mac Jones left off. Uh, they constantly are one of the top recruiting classes. Uh, Nick Saban, I don't need to say too much more about that. Uh, Clemson, DJ Ukulele. Uh, they're they're not going to miss too much of a beat. They're going to have a, a top-fledged quarterback. Uh, they're returning uh, their freshman edge rusher who had 10 and a half sacks last year. Absolute animal. Yeah. Um, I think Clemson will be there too, Dabo Sweeney. Uh, and, and, you know, coaching is so big to me in, in college football. So because these kids get in and get out, like you notice the same coaches are almost always there and they're always the best recruiters. Um, Oklahoma – yeah, listen, I'm not a Big 12 fan. If you guys have listened to me before, I, I'm always uh, bashing the Big 12. But Spencer Rattler's legit. Um, mm. You know, he'll be the number one pick probably next year. And um, I think he's got all the talent in the world to to bring Oklahoma. And, you know, it's, it's funny. I, I'm sure when we, Rob gets into his list, mm. we can kind of debate that with the A&M thing. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then Georgia. Georgia um, – so they were 4-0 under JT Daniels. They look like a different football team under JT Daniels last year. They had um, – they they looked terrible to start the season. And they finally made the move at quarterback. And after they made that move, I felt like that team looked different. I wasn't and, high uh, on Jamie know, Newman anyways coming from Wake Forest. Like, that's a totally different offensive scheme that you're trying to learn when you move over to Georgia. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to probably have one of the best receivers in the country, George Pickens. So I think <laughs> that those four teams – could be there. I, I, it's tough having two SEC teams because you know at least one of them is going to have a loss. But mm-hmm. that's the best conference in in college football. So that's yeah, kind of where I'm at. Without question, nice. yeah. And I mean, we talked about that a couple shows ago. It was like, who could you see other than the SEC being as like a number two conference? And just based off of the stats, it's like you got to go with the Big Ten. But it seems like an ACC team is always there, regardless if it's Clemson or like. You know, I, we talk about it, and I'm a Florida State fan all day, sure. but, like, Florida State, it, when they get going, sure, they're going to be back in that conversation again, too. So, shout out to Josh. He says, sorry I'm late. Hello, boys. Josh <laughs> Karadim, one of, one of the best guys that Top we know. Fan. Top fan. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I as you're going to see, me and Gene's list is very similar uh, with some of the very similar reasons, but sure. uh, we'll move over to Rob next. Sure. I, I got a, I got a, at least one long shot in here today. It's kind of a, if everything goes well. So Alabama, you know, very similar. They're a perennial powerhouse. I mean, they've already got their eyes in the sec championship game, you know, going into the season. You know, they, they did lose a ton of talent, you know, Mac Jones, Devonte Smith, Jalen Waddle, Najee Harris, Sertan, they're all gone, you know, but it's Alabama. They've recruited, you know, how much depth to get all of that back. You know, they just recruited two of the top five offensive tackles coming coming out of their they're always restocking. Look out for John Mechie this year. He's gonna step up at wide receiver. They also got the number one uh Ja'Cory Brooks, the number one uh receiver coming in as a freshman in the nation as well. So I mean, Bama's gonna be back. I, I can't 
What is the saying? I might have to make this into a t-shirt. <laughs> Alabama reloads their team like a machine gun. That's They're it. an AK-47. <laughs> Every year. And, I mean, Dabo's going to be right there with them with Clemson. I mean, Yuyanga Lele. I'm, I'm learning how to say this name. Yeah. Uh, yeah DJU. Uh, he he may he may be better than Trevor Lawrence, you know that what he flashed last year, mm-hmm. and the one knock on Clemson was their defense and how much they gave up in Uyangalele's one loss. They're returning all eleven defensive starters that next loss year. Not exactly. his fault. So they're coming back with experience. You know, yeah. it, it it might end up being running back by committee to replace Etienne. So we'll see what happens there, but I I don't see them missing the top four. Um, I'm going to skip SC and jump to A and M. Um, cause I feel like this is the revenge train season for them. They're, they're on the revenge tour this year. Cause they feel like they got left out. They felt like they should have made the playoff this past year instead of Notre Dame. Uh, they won the orange bowl against Carolina who UNC is a team to look out for going into this season. They, they're, yeah. they're an up and coming. Everybody looks at them as the basketball program. All of a sudden their football program's better than their basketball Mac team. Brown's influence you know, cannot they, be denied. No kidding. Um, you know, so they, I'm looking for them to be, you know, on the rise. They've got. Alabama at home, October 9th. That's going to be a big game to look at, and that's going to be the one thing that could trip up one of these two teams. If A&M keeps it close against Alabama and then runs through the rest of the year, you know, they might make the playoff without making the SEC championship game. You know, likely against Georgia is who they're going to run into. They didn't lose a lot of players. Okay, that's it. Exactly, Mon. exactly. So, yeah, I think 11-1 and one is possible, and if they keep it close to Alabama, they might make it anyway. Yeah. Um that that's just the way I'm looking at this team. Um and then I'm going to the well if everything lines up you might see these USC Trojans come back. Uh you know, it's been a while since we've seen the SEC you know the Trojans uh looking for a national championship but yeah. they've got a third year starter, Heisman hopeful Keaton Slovis. You know, he's 12 and 2 against the Pac-12 for his career. 70% completion career passer. This guy's really like the third year leader that's coming in yeah, they lost six starters to the draft, uh, and, but I, I really feel like they've got the toughest non-conference schedule in the Pac-12, you know, that, and if they can run through some of these guys, they've got to beat BYU, you know, they've got a home game against Utah, they've got a home game UCLA, you know, they can beat Chip Kelly. If they can win some of those games, you know, Notre Dame and BYU were both ranked higher than them last year, and if they can beat them this year, they might have the resume to make the playoff. I hope they, you know, it, and that's Notre the thing. Dame. Like it, that, that's what's they got that classic rivalry with Notre Dame again this year, obviously. Yeah. Um. So I, I really the think if they can, if they the can, w- problem with SC, sure. So, and, and and here's where my argument would be against. Yeah. Is you know no team from the Pac-12 uh, is making the college football playoff unless they run the table. Absolutely. So they have zero right. zero room for no. Uh, whereas an SCT team can lose once, or yeah. uh, you know. Even Clemson it, it, lost once. But jo- an un, you right. have to be undefeated. Yeah, it, it is a big if. Josh, you're 100% right. It's a big if. But I, I feel like they've got the non-conference resume this year that if they make a run, you could see them in the playoff. There's other teams. This is my, again, way too early prediction. Just want to throw something out there that I think might be <laughs> just looking at their schedule, looking at who they're bringing back, looking at who's starting a quarterback. I think they've got you know enough ifs there that if they do what they can, mm-hmm. they can make the playoff. Yeah, because there's teams out there that you know going into the season, there's no chance. So we we might have to make this a topic one week is like when we talk about schools that are like a specialty school, like Mm -hmm. we always look at like Penn State is like linebacker U, right? Mm -hmm. Or like Iowa is like 
offensive line you and Wisconsin is running back you. USC, if you really think about the line of receivers that have, they oh almost gosh. have a receiver in a draft every single year that's like going back top to Keyshawn. Yeah, top three rounds. Sure. So, I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown is, he mm-hmm. was one of my top five wide receivers to look at coming in. Absolutely. Know, for the draft. And I, I still believe that too, like that he's going to be good. Yep. Even though I think that's a huge blow, but they're, I mean, they're going to reload like a machine yeah. gun when it comes sure to thing. wide receivers. That's that's just who USC is now. So, but yeah, compelling arguments. Thank you. What Josh had said, there is a lot of ifs. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, understandable. Again, I'm just throwing it in there because I think it could happen. Yeah. Yeah. The only <laughs> argument I have is that Texas A&M, I think Kellen Mond is going to be a huge loss for them. But true, Jimbo Fisher's resume is a uh, very good. <laughs> yeah, I mean the guy they have coming in, uh, Haynes King. He's he's a dual threat guy. You know, you, you'll you'll see his feeties on on display. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, I it it will be a bit of a drop off, obviously. Yeah. So uh, heading over to my list real quick. Um, got the same list as Gene has got. I don't know if it was like <laughs> telepathically we were speaking to each other, but almost the same reasons. You can't deny Alabama's going to be a one of the top four teams. They're going to be a top five team for sure. I don't see LSU beating them with all the loss that they're going to have this year. They they had major losses in recruiting, well, not in recruiting, but to the draft in two years. Think about all the players that they lost. I mean, going down to like Patrick Queen, uh, Delpit, who we're actually going to see play for the Browns this year if he doesn't get hurt. I mean, they they hit a, a, a lot of losses. Auburn was one of those teams that I thought was going to be really good last year, but COVID kind of screwed everybody up, um, and it just was how prepared you were to to actually play other teams. But, yeah, I can't deny it from Alabama's resume. You'd be stupid not to put on your lottery ticket that Alabama's going to be, yeah. you know, one of those top four schools. Clemson, I got to get over to them because uh, we on Galele, right? That's how you pronounce it, Don? There you go. We on Galele. DJ, nice. we on Galele. I can go on and on and on. Too early <laughs> prediction. That dude's a Heisman winner this year. That dude is a national championship winner. He is going to be better than Trevor Lawrence this year. And like I said, because of that Notre Dame loss, that loss was not his fault. Um, and they only lost by like five points or something yeah. like that. So I don't know, man. I've seen, I seen nothing but greatness from the kid. And as a freshman, to put up the numbers that he did against Notre Dame and to see how composed he was, um, the only knock on against him is because Trevor Lawrence got COVID and it yep. was, it was hard to see what Clemson was going to do, but Dabble Sweeney, he is a top recruiter every year. He's a great coach. I mean, you got to give it to him. He, he knows how to coach a college team. I don't think he'd be anything in the pros though. Cause like I, like I've said before, you're dealing with 52 or 53 other small businesses and you're not yeah. going to talk to a grown man that's paying for a mortgage like you're sure. going to speak to these college kids, right? Yeah. Um, but Clemson's there. It's like we're going to be saying Alabama and Clemson for the next almost five or ten years. I, I, I can pretty much guarantee that as long as they, you know, as long as those two coaches stay where they're at. Um, Oklahoma, Spencer Rattler, what else can we say? I didn't think he was going to – I know Don was really high on him last year. I wasn't necessarily there because he's coming in – I mean, think about all the pressure that he had. Kyler Murray was an MVP or um, a Heisman winner. Uh, Baker Mayfield before him. And then Jalen Hurts, which I yeah. thought he should have won the Heisman. That's three 
you know, almost Heisman winners right there. And then to come into that atmosphere with Lincoln Riley, even though I love Lincoln Riley, I think he'd be a great NFL yeah. coach. We thought that was going to happen a year or two ago. Yeah, to have that pressure to be like, oh, he's he's going to be a Heisman contender. It was his first year with that team. The team looked totally different. You didn't have anybody. Um, what's the boy that plays for the Cowboys now that I was very high on the wide receiver? Why am I drawing a blank on his name? CD Lamb. CD Lamb. Yeah. You didn't. You don't have a CD Lamb type of talent there. You know, let the recruiting take place like it did last year, and these players going to get in. And Spencer Rattler, he's going to shake off those cobwebs. And I, I agree with you, Gene. I think he's going to be. Um, I don't. I don't know if he's going to be in the Heisman conversation, but he's going to be very damn close because I don't think anybody's outbeating. Uh, we well, they started so slow last year. They started yeah. so slow last year, and, and by COVID. the end of the season, yeah. they looked way better. Yeah, they yeah, looked yeah. way better coming yeah. down the stretch. Uh, when that win versus Texas was huge. I mean, they looked better and better each each week. Mm-hmm. And uh, Georgia, every single reason that we've given for their team playing. Um, in the SEC. And now, I mean, I've been on record by saying it seems like Georgia's always in a top five when they don't really deserve to be there. But I'm just going to go with that logic. For whatever reason, the committee loves Georgia. Yeah. I mean, they could lose to Coastal Carolina 49-0, you know, first game of the season. I don't know if they're playing Coastal Carolina <laughs> this year. But uh, just theoretically, they could lose to them first game of the season and then have like an okay season where they beat every single team. And then you'll see him like in the college football, you know, playoffs or talk. Yeah. Yeah. Or number five in the country. And it's like, what? But it it actually, uh, Georgia and Clemson opened the season against each other with a neutral site game. Oh, that that is a a big one to look out for (laughs) in September. Yeah. I was going to ask you guys who, who, who I haven't looked at the schedule yet. It's technically Clemson's home opener, but it's, it's a neutral site game to open the season. JT Daniels is going to be a beast, though. It's a big one. Um, he's another one where, you're coming and filling in for a quarterback that came from Wake Forest that everybody was really high on and got his, you know, a double snakes kicked. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, yeah, Georgia's going to be in there. Um, I don't see. I, I just looking at the overall scope. It just to me, this draft, just like last year, is very stacked with a lot of players that are either leaving early, um, to catch the bag, and because they have the talent to do so. And, I mean, who can blame him? I'm not always in the same camp that, you know, people should come out. Like, Sam Darnold, that was my yeah. argument against him. Is like, you should have stayed one more year, not coming out your redshirt sophomore year um, when he wasn't ready. But, yeah, I got Georgia in there for sure. Um, and then, Don, we'll go ahead and get over to your four, my man. Absolutely. We'll keep it short. Cottrell's going to be happy uh, about this one. <laughs> yeah, Cottrell's watching right now. There you go. Alabama, for all the reasons that have been said, they will restock. They will reload. Their defense is mostly unchanged. And with Bryce Young, you know, there's no stopping these guys. They're going to be there. Clemson, or shall we uh, now call it DJU? Um, right. <laughs> you know, you improved, def- improved defense. What the boy did play last year, just shy of 70% completion, just shy of 1,000 yards, five touchdowns, no picks. I mean, and that's in pressure situations. Yeah. So what can I say? Looking for big things from him. We'll see what happens. Uh, Oklahoma. You go ahead and tell him, Don. Huh? <laughs> so you go ahead and tell him about DJ. <laughs> uh, Oklahoma defense has improved as well. And, yes, I, I, I did like uh, Rattler last year. 
boy threw for over 3,000 yards, 28 touchdowns against seven picks with a 172.6 rating. Uh, he's he's just going to keep getting better and better. Now, for, for Ohio State, I had about four teams I was going to put in this spot. And Ohio State probably is the most illogical of the four <laughs> because they don't know who their quarterback is right now. They got three guys. They're trying to figure out who their quarterback is. Yeah. But it just didn't seem right to put a fourth team up here that wasn't called Ohio State. So for now, I'll give them it as, as a placeholder, but they're going to have to prove it. Look at That's all this red on way your too early. <laughs> Donna, Donna, I completely agree with you, uh, what your comment was, and then you still put them there. Uh, yep. Ohio State, I, I can't put them in my top four if I don't know who their quarterback is. Right. Uh, the most important position on the football field, and I grant it, they're going to be more athletic than any other team in the Big Ten. Yep. Oh, um, yeah. They're probably going to lose one game at max in the Big Ten. Yep. But if I don't know who your quarterback is, I don't know what you're really doing. And yeah, uh, if they don't, if they don't decide on somebody, uh, last I heard, they were leaning towards Kyle McCord. Whoever they pick, they got to they got to gel early and do well, or else they're going to have a tough time. The biggest test for them, I'm telling you right now, because I struggle with not putting them in my top four, is Wisconsin. Hmm. I'm telling you, watch. But we say this every year about Wisconsin; they sure. always crap the bed. <laughs> You know, they always have that team that's just run it down your throat. Um, and actually, the quarterback from Wisconsin actually transferred over to Notre Dame. Well, no, you know, go figure. Like, you're not going to throw the ball a lot in Wisconsin, dude. Like, let's just be completely honest. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're just always a team that's, that's scary. Or either they're just going to get beat by Northwest or uh, come up with a close game against Northwest. Northwestern again. was the one I was going to mention, yeah. I mean, Graham, Graham Mertz transferred to Notre Dame. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that. I believe yeah, that. I, yeah, just double check me, but I believe that's what I saw was the quarterback from Wisconsin transferred over to Notre Dame. Was it was it Graham Mertz? It's moving slow. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll you, check it. Yeah, we'll we'll uh we'll double check. So <laughs> but this is this is our four uh college football playoff um teams. Everybody's a little different me. Well, me and Gene are pretty much spot on with ours, but uh Rob and Don are a little different with their teams, having SC and Texas A&M and, and Ohio State. So hopefully, Cottrell, you're happy yeah. about that. Jack Jack Cohn, the the backup. Jack Cohn. Yeah, yeah. Now I remember. Pool. Okay. Yeah. 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 It would, yeah. So redshirt freshman Graham Mertz is the one staying. So yeah, yep. th th that that's that's what's going on there. Yep. That makes sense. Cool. My dad said they still need eight teams. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, there should they, be more than four. They, at least six. You know, make make it a bracket. It's making my know? eyes bleed. Yeah. <laughs> so Your dad is right. Your dad is right. Yeah. Cincinnati yeah. deserved a chance this year, in my opinion. Yes, they did. You know, they played really well. Um, a and m It should be eight teams. Yeah. I don't think it's that hard. A&M, another one. Yep. And, and every year there's, you know, a Mountain West or a MAC team or somebody that runs the table – yeah, you look I, my at the, argument has yeah. always been remember back in the early 2000s it was when um your boy was there from the Cowboys or Kellen um Kellen uh who's the offensive coordinator now for the Cowboys Kellen Moore Kellen, Kellen Moore, Moore. Kellen yeah, Moore. yeah 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 so Kellen when Kellen Moore was their quarterback and they went like undefeated one season I think they lost another game like the next season but they were like it was something outrageous, like their yeah. record, and they never even sniffed the sure. BCS championship. Yep. yep. Well, you think about like the Chip Kelly Oregon Ducks, or like the prime Smurf Turf uh, Boise State teams. Like they ran the yep. table, and then they didn't get a look. 
You know, it is. Oh. They got left out. Our UCF, like, UCF talked all that junk and then oh, man, get a chance the good, to play the UCF teams too. But Josh, Josh Hipple, we talked about yeah. that, Don. That's our most popular video on YouTube. Josh Hipple's <laughs> gonna make some noise in Tennessee. I'm telling you. Um, there's no, there's no way that you don't do that good at recruiting. Like he turned over so many recruits to come to UCF. It was like absolutely insane when they committed to like Auburn and stuff like that. Yeah. Are you going to go play for the Knights? Uh, All right, whatever. (laughs) Let's go down to Orlando. I love Disney world. Um, (laughs) so we'll get over to our 17 game schedule. So the NFL obviously is moving to this. A lot of the players, it's, it seems like 50, 50, right? A lot of players are are kind of for, cause they get that extra game to, uh, you know, get to improve their record. But a lot of people are like, all right, so we didn't play all the time in the preseason, but now we got to play a full game in pads when we're already hurt by this. You know, we're already banged up by this time. So I just kind of want to get everybody's thoughts here. Rob, I'll start with you. Um, I mean, for me, I'm from a player's perspective and from a league perspective, I'm kind of against it. I think it unbalances the schedule. I think you're going to end up with a bunch. I mean, teams are now going to have an unbalanced non-division schedule. You've got an extra non-divisional game, and you're going to end up playing somebody that your division opponent didn't have to play. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, and it, it, it unbalances things that I feel like were balanced, you know, or more balanced, you know, prior to this. And it's going to hurt the guys at the end of the roster. You know what that fourth preseason game is all about. Yeah. None of the starters play. It's all these guys that are like the 53rd, 55th guy trying to be the 52nd guy. Oh, yeah. And all those guys that this is their one shot, and then all of a sudden they're back to bag in groceries, they don't get that shot anymore. Yeah. Or, I mean, the third preseason game becomes the fourth preseason game. Right. And preseason football becomes even more unwatchable. Right. Like, to me, I, I don't like it. And yeah, that's, I mean, obviously, that's a good point. And then you're you're exposing more of your full-time, you know, multi-million dollar talent to more injuries, more concussions, more ACLs, more everything with a full, another regular season game that counts on the schedule. I, I, I'm I'm against it. So, so I'm against it too. And this is the reason why. And then I'm going to just move on because my point is going to be really quick. Sure. And I'll let everybody else speak. You know who's going to hate this the worst? People like Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> I got to see. Because going to run him 70 snaps. times in that last game, and he's going to get hurt, and they're yep. going to make the playoffs, and then they ain't going to do anything because he's not there anymore. Sure. I'm just, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. He's shortening his he, career. He's sitting on the couch when they announced that. He was like, bro, what's my retirement plan looking like? Because he, he's still got a couple of years to make that NFL pension. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's he's going to, I can almost guarantee he hates that. But as a player, you love it, right? Yeah. You like, who wouldn't want to play more games, but sure. when you're playing at that level, getting hurt like that. And I told, you know, I don't know if you were here during the time, but, uh, my God, my God, dad, Greg skills used to play tight end for the saints. He told my dad, he was like, you know, I mentioned this before. He said in high school, you get hit every once in a while. You might run into somebody that might be, you know, college ready. He said, you get to college, you get hit hard, like every, every series, and he's like, you get to the NFL, it's like you get hurt hard every single play. It doesn't look like it, but you get hurt every single play. So that's just kind of like the difference yeah. between the three levels. But, uh, but Gene, what, what's your thoughts on it? I'm selfish, man. I like watching football. Um, <laughs> sure. so, As a fan, it's great. No, I, that, I, I love the fact that there's 17 games. I love that there's an extra game, and I feel like um, it breaks up the monotony of the 500 record. I can't stand that. Sure. Um, but the one thing I really hate about it is I Good felt point. like it was extremely rushed. Like, you know, this season, the last game of the season isn't a division game. It's that 17th game that they added. 
Oh, and like, wow. I think that is so like, so for the Eagles, it's the Jets. Jets. Like, yep. who cares? Like, you know, like yeah. you you have that 17th game. And I think what's going to end up happening, at least this year, is you're going to see a lot of teams locked in their playoff spots, just yep. resting players. Yep. And it's going to yep. almost look like a fourth preseason game where I love the fact that there's 17 games. I just feel like I wish it wasn't a rush scenario and they could have put the schedule out in the right spot. Um, the only thing I don't like about it is you're going to a lot of false records, a lot of false totals. I think um, the more and more you watch the game, you'll realize that average per game um, or yards per game is going to be a little bit more of a looked at stat than total yards. Uh, more quarterbacks can be thrown for 5,000 yards, like when it used to yep. feel so unachievable. Yeah. Um, so for like the historical sense, I don't like it. Sure. But for the fact that I'm a fan and I get to see another week of the NFL football like that matters. Yeah, I'm, I'm for it. Yeah, uh, I agree with every single point that you got there, too. I mean, I'm selfish, too. <laughs> I mean, all of us here can say that. <laughs> of course, we want to see more, more football, football yeah. right? But, I mean, when it comes down to little things like, yeah, the Eagles are playing the Jets their last game. What if the Jets totally suck? Then you're just going to see a game where everybody's going to sit out their starters. Like, everybody's going to be sitting the bench, yep. and it's just going to be the second stringers. So it's like, now you got to deal with that, too, because you're going to have some clear favorites. I mean, some teams are going to go in and I, and, oh, yeah. and then th this is another thing. You're taking away the fact that now you're going to make it one game harder for us to see a team go undefeated. Yep. Yep. So and I'm tired of hearing those 72 Dolphins. Like, I'm so sick of hearing them. <laughs> like, I, I just I'm, I'm sick of that. Like, I can't wait till a team knocks them off. Yeah. And I'm not asking somebody to build a super team like the Nets or like Golden State. Right. But at least I'm looking for a team. I mean, it'd be fun to see a, a team of like okay players that just gel really well together and their coach is literally like the best he's the field general like he knows exactly what's going on and because of that and he knows his players they went 16 and 0 and won the super bowl yeah. but we're not going to see that now It'll just make it i mean thanks eli manning it, it's not impossible but <laughs> it makes it one game harder when everybody's just going to sit their starters out yeah. um even if they go undefeated i mean you'd be stupid not to right Oh, right. I got a banged up team. Christian McCaffrey's got a calf muscle injury. We went 16 and 0. Everybody's sitting out. Then they lose the last game. Then all the Panthers are like, oh, this was our time. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you sit them? But it's like, as as a coach and as a GM and as the team owner, I have to do something like oh, this. Oh, yeah. That I'd be stupid not to. Because what if he got hurt? Then we lose the first game of the playoffs and everybody's even more yeah. pissed off. Uh, yeah. So yeah. is a championship more important than a 17 game or 17 and 0 season? Yeah, absolutely. That, that, you you want to set up for a playoff run. I mean, fans won't understand that. Be, I mean, we're like Gene said, we're selfish. Don, what's exactly. your what's what's your thoughts on it? Well, you guys have hit most of my thoughts on it, Rob. I I agree with you with the increased chance of injury. You got to worry about the players that way. Um, Gene, you hit it really good with the the way it's going to skew the statistics and mm -hmm. you know stuff records that have been out there and. It, that's going to be a bit of a nightmare for comparison. Um, but the amazing thing I saw on it was the percentage of league revenue that's going to go to the players that they were against it before, but now they were for it. That league revenue percentage is going from 47% to 48.5. What 1.5% will do for them to agree. Well, you've seen how much that new TV contract is worth. 
Oh yeah. One point five percent's not chump change. <laughs> yeah, I'll take one point five percent of any NFL. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and it's almost like, yeah, you have to look at it like that too. Like that last game is gonna bring them a lot of revenue. Yep. But oh, then yeah. will it really? Because if you like I said, if you sit all your starters, ain't nobody I ain't going to the stadium to see some second stringers mm-hmm. start. Unless I'm that, unless I'm that player's mom or dad. But you're you're, you're <laughs> comparing the revenue difference between game 17 and the fourth preseason game. Is it going to be a big difference in TV and you know in person? Yep. You know for for that, whether yeah. it's a throwaway game or not. You know what I would be pissed off for, and we'll move on to our top ten players because I know we got to get to that. Yeah, I'd be pissed off, and I already said I think the Rams are gonna win the Super Bowl. If if Matt Stafford is the Matt Stafford that we've been seeing, that we've been seeing the talent, right? Not necessarily the numbers, but the talent and the consistency when he's on the field and the toughness. And now he's got a stacked team. If I see that the Rams are going to play that 17th game and they really need to win that game for whatever reason and Matt Stafford gets hurt, I'm turning the TV off for the playoffs. Because <laughs> it's like now we've been cheated. He had to yeah. play that last game, so yeah. I don't know. I, I I think it's it's mixed. It's we just had to see how it plays out. It might be awesome. It might not be. But I mean, what? And then before we move on, I did want to get Gene and Don's thoughts since y'all are baseball guys. I know we like to see more games, but in baseball, it's 162 games, right? Yes. Yep. Is it really that exciting to watch baseball in the middle of the season when things are just starting to play out? Yeah, to me it is. Yeah. Um, I love watching, especially summer. I think there's nothing better than like you know on Sunday afternoon being able to watch a one o'clock football, I mean, one o'clock baseball game, and uh, see like a just a yeah, I love baseball. So sure. like I, I think I think the baseball season could use a shorter schedule. If I yep. was like the commissioner of MLB, I, I would probably look at 140 games, uh, 22 game break, and give them a couple more days off in between, yep. uh, where they're not playing six out of seven days every week. Um, it also helps them a lot more for rain delays, and I hate the seven inning doubleheaders. Hey. So, I yeah, was t- I, I think that less games would be better for MLB, but not too many less. I thought, see, and we we can move on, but I thought this was like a we might have talked about this one week more in depth, but like a lot of sports i thought that there should be like a like in 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 football for example they get technically two bye weeks right or no they get one bye week and college they get two but the nfl should go in the middle of the season and says everybody's bye week is during weeks seven and eight no games get played you get to rest up all your players i wonder what would happen in the shift even with like baseball or basketball like during the all-star break right they get two weeks off they ain't playing they can rest up what would the second half of a lot of people's seasons look like for people that are coming off of injuries and stuff like that put the pro bowl in in between week eight and week nine because i hate the argument everybody week off yeah because i hate (laughs) the argument is like all the patriots got their bye week in and week four and now the rest of their team is hurt the rest of the season because they have no other break. That's I mean, I don't sure. think that's fair. Like just to draw out a hat, oh yeah, Jaguars got week five off this week. Eagles got week four. Like that's I, I don't know why they're doing that. Concept. And then they're doing it after like if you have a London game or you have a yeah. a game in Mexico, and is that really a week off? Because you're spending three or four days jet lag. Just traveling. Yeah. Yeah. Thursday night games suck too. <laughs> i'm with you we agree on a lot of stuff yeah <laughs> all right so uh our top 10 nfl players now 
everybody's list is different here, yep. so bear with us, people. Yep. But when I looked at it, I don't nobody I don't think you guys seen mine. No. Um, but I seen everybody else's. Everybody's makes sense. I'm gonna give everybody a chance to go through their sure. list. Um but uh this this was an interesting yeah. one. So we'll I, I had a little bit of fun with this one. So we'll go ahead and start with you then. Yeah, don't yell at me too bad. I tried to move it all over the field. Had to show some offensive line love. So uh, it started number 10 with an offensive tackle. Uh, Ronnie Stanley uh, of Baltimore. I was It was kind of a toss-up between him and David Bakhtiari and Green Bay. I mean, Bakhtiari's kind of been the best tackle in the league for a number of years. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Stanley might have caught and passed him this year. Um, he only allowed one sack and six total QB pressures for the whole season. And that's tough with a guy like Lamar Jackson. Everybody says, oh, but he's got Lamar Jackson. No, it's harder on an offensive lineman when you got a guy like Lamar Jackson because he never knows where Lamar Jackson's going to be. You got a guy that moves around that much. It's so hard to just set your feet and block a rush. Like, there's going to be QB pressures because your quarterback rolls into a guy. Yeah. And he he gave up six pressures in the whole season. So for me, right now, best tackle in the league, I put him at 10th in my top 10. Um, Derrick Henry. Only made it to number nine for me um, because there were a lot of other really, really talented guys. I mean, he's a 2,000-yard rusher. What are you going to say? He had an amazing season. But for me, he was number nine. Uh, just above him, I, I put Devontae Adams. 18 touchdowns. He had an amazing season. 14 now, games. In 14 games, exactly. <laughs> now, I mean, you you look at, yeah, Aaron Rodgers the MVP. Would Aaron Rodgers have been the MVP without Devontae Adams on the other end of those passes? It, Absolutely it's, not. It's it's he, both ways. No. He made him look so good. They make each other look good, don't get me wrong, but Adams makes these radius catches, and, and I mean, between his route running and just his ability to pull a ball out of the air and in contested, it was, you know, he next, beat you at the next line, level. Man. So, yeah, I, I put him in number eight. Number seven, uh, corner, that's hands down best corner in the league i mean it, he only people look at it and say oh he only had one pick and one forced fumble for the year this guy is the best shutdown corner in the game he didn't allow we'll more, disagree there he didn't allow yeah. more, we'll disagree there they put him on the best receiver of every team he didn't allow more than five receptions to his primary coverage all season he averaged oh, four, you pulled 40, that one out. <laughs> he averaged 43 <laughs> yards of receiving per game. DK, four catches. Tyreek, four catches. Cooks, two catches. D Hop, four catches. Keenan Allen, three catches. Like he was a beast. He didn't pick the ball off, but nobody was open. I, for me, that was I looked at the stat line of who he covered all year and what he did. He made my list. You know, that's the way it is. You got to take two games out of that. Argue all you want, but I'm going to try to keep (laughs) moving. You know what I mean? We got a lot to cover. Number six, Travis Kelsey. I just, he's, you know, this in-between tight end receiver that's just so good. He's, you know, he's 31. He played 15 games, 105 catches, 1,400 yards, 11 touchdowns. He's, I mean, you could see his talent. I mean, everybody that's watched him knows he's the best tight end in the game, but he's up there against every wide receiver too. You know, he's Mm -hmm. what makes... Mahomes able to do what he does because he's got Kelsey down there. Um, Aaron Donald, number four. You know, this guy, he won defensive player of the year. I don't necessarily did think Did you have Miles Garrett on your list? Uh, oh, did I skip him? Number yeah, yeah, six. Sorry. Skipped I, was, I, I skipped I was about him. To say, make sure I didn't mess Sorry, up on the graphic. Dude. Yeah, no, no, no. Thank <laughs> you. I'm reading my own page and not looking up. No, you're good. Um, yeah, I mean, Miles Garrett, he's young. I mean, he's only 25 last season, but, you know, he played. You know, 14 games had 12 sacks. He's a, he's a force on the edge. So yeah, yeah I, I 
he's right there. But I, yeah, I put Aaron Donald ahead of him. Um, you know, he, he played all 16 games, had 13 and a half sacks. He's still an extremely dominant force. You know, no one can slow him down. He just moves men. That's who he is. He, he's just a bad man that's bigger than stronger than everybody else. Um, next up, I got Aaron Rodgers. You know, your MVP. Again, he's 37 this past season. He'll be 38 coming into this year. 70% completion, 48 touchdowns to five picks. I mean, a 121 QB rating. Like it, it, It's just nuts. He was so good last season. It's just a matter of whether he can keep doing it, obviously. Like, how how old is too old for him? But, yeah. you know, it, he he was obviously, you know, a top one or two quarterback in the league. Um, TJ Watt, I put it number two. He should have been. He was my defensive player of the year. I, I just think Donald got it on name and rep. Not that he didn't have an amazing season, but Watt had, you know, 15 sacks to Donald's 13 and a half in only 15 games. You know, it, it, to me, like, he he's going to be it for the next three, four years, the way Aaron Donald was for the last three or four years. Yeah. Um, and for me, I still put Pat Mahomes number one, mostly because of that performance in the Super Bowl. Like he had, he was running for his life and the stuff that he can do. <laughs> he was still accurate get, with the ball. <laughs> exactly. Like he makes plays that no one else can make at his position. I mean, he wasn't the MVP this year. But he showed you that he's capable of doing things that no one else has the pure talent to do right now. He's my number one. So that's, there you have it. Nice. See, I, I like this week because all of ours are different. Because you're going to see mine's. Oh, sure. It's got to be wildly different than this, I'm sure. But I understand why you got a lot of them up there. I think the only one that collectively I think me, me and Gene disagree with is Stefan Gilmore. So. Okay, I get it. But hey, but his, that's his stats that, aren't there. That stat line is but amazing, like, though. I look at who he beat. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. That, that was it for me. So I'm gonna move on to mine. All right. So Marlon Humphrey, when you go look at his stats, the forced fumbles that this dude made <laughs> last year as a corner. Ball hop. Now think about how many times the corners actually tackle. Right. Okay. Last time we saw that was from Peanut Tillman. Mm-hmm. He had like eight forced fumbles this year. Um him and him and uh Marcus Peters are are a beast up there. And I know a lot of people say the linebacking core and the that front four that they have is like the heart and soul of that defense. I I disagree. I think everything goes through Marlon Humphrey and, and Marcus Peters. I got to put him at my number ten. Gotcha. Um, he he was great. Uh, number nine, Alvin Kamara. <laughs> Without Alvin Kamara this year, Drew Brees and the rest of them guys, as much as they checked down to him, mm-hmm. I mean, dude was insane. He had like 1,400 yards collectively and like 18 touchdowns or something yeah. ridiculous like that. But I'm, I'm very high on Alvin Kamara anyways just because I see his talent. I think he – when you talk about the prototypical what you want out of a running back nowadays, you, you're going to want somebody like Alvin Kamara. If I had to create oh, somebody yeah. on Madden, he's going to be my, my <laughs> profile that I create somebody off of, right? Tom Brady at number eight. Can't deny what the dude did at 40 years old – or 40, 43 years old actually – um, winning a Super Bowl. I mean, this is just for the season, but yeah. Um, this is just for the season, but uh, I mean, he had over 40 touchdowns. And granted, he had some amazing weapons on offense, but you know, the way that he was throwing downfield, I think his percentage of downfield throws this year this year was higher than anybody else. 
Um, but I mean, he got Scotty Miller too. Had the little feeties in the in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Xavier Howard. I know this is one that me and Gene we we totally agree on. Xavier Howard was locking people down this year. I gotta put him. I gotta put him in my number seven. He, I mean, is arguably the best the best corner this year. I think the best corner in the league is Jalen Ramsey still, but that's when I got to move over to Devonta Adams. He's the only reason I can't put Jalen Ramsey in my top ten is because in the playoffs. Now, D-Hop, a lot of people have D-Hop, right? They they think he's the best receiver in the league. D-Hop goes against Jalen Ramsey twice a year, right? He always has, his whole career. I explained this from Florida State in the Clemson days to the Jacksonville and the Texans days, and now they're in the same division again. The Cardinals and the Rams play each other twice a year. Devonta Adams in one game didn't allow Jalen Ramsey to do anything. He had him frustrated. He was he was five head, five yards ahead of him off the line. Um. DeAndre Hopkins only had four catches against <laughs> Jalen Ramsey this year. Yeah. That tells you right there that uh, in 14 games with Devontae Adams had 115 catches, over 1,300 yards, 18 touchdowns. That's amazing, man. There's no MVP Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams. But they both go hand in hand. TJ Watt, you can say what you want to say. Based off of the stats, he could have been defensive player of the year. Um, case closed. Dude's one of the best edge rushers in the league, if not the best in the league. Um, we're seeing him and his brother right now. We're we're seeing two white boys that could play edge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number four, Deshaun Watson. Don got me the stat earlier this year, and I didn't really see it with my eyeballs. The most efficient quarterback in, in the second most efficient quarterback in NFL history in a season was Deshaun Watson. He did it without his best weapon his whole career. Think about that, folks. We had, Who's I mean, he throwing to? I mean, he had Brandon Cooks yeah. and, and Will Fuller, but they're not D-Hop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let, let's be real. And that offensive line is not that good, and he didn't have any running backs to help his cause out either. So uh, I got to put Deshaun Watson there. I know the stuff he's going through outside of that, whatever. Uh, <laughs> number three, Aaron, Aaron Donald. I mean, you're picking two offensive linemen up. You know, off the line and moving them like like Lego bricks, man. The the <laughs> dude's amazing. Based off of his pure talent alone, I mean, he could put up the stats, but based off of that, just the pure talent and the force that Aaron Donald is, how is he not a top five player in, in everybody's list? Oh, for sure. Um, Aaron Rodgers, league MVP. Got to put him there, right? I mean, he showed out being thirty eight years old and winning the MVP. Can't do it without um. You know, Devontae Adams, but if you don't have an MVP in your top five, that's that's a little weird to me. Number one, he was my MVP. I mean, I I told y'all last week he looks like a transformer when he's running. He runs <laughs> it doesn't look like he's so fast. <laughs> Over two thousand yards. The only player to have two thousand yards rushing in high school, college, and the NFL. Yep. Added more to his resume. I think he's only second all time with to Jim Brown with for the most two hundred yard games. Uh, ran in a career and he's only four years in right. <laughs> that's scary that's a scary man right there so hopefully he stays healthy but that's my uh, that's my top 10 we'll head over to you don all right well number 10 was kind of a toss-up for me i had quite a few people i wanted to put in there but uh, i'll tell you why i have khalil mack in there uh in fantasy football this year uh bears were one of my defensive teams and they were like a top five defense for most of the season until Hicks got hurt. When Akeem Hicks went out, Khalil Mack did have to pick it up. Uh, 
he he ended up with 50 tackles, nine sacks, three force fumbles, and an interception. So I uh, squoze in a defensive guy at number 10. At number nine, uh, might be a little low, but T.J. Watt had a great season. 53 tackles, 15 sacks, two forced fumbles, and an interception. Uh, he's only going to get better and better and move up in this uh, top 10. Uh, Mahomes, Mahomes had a great year, but I, I just other people had a better year, in my opinion. He's definitely a top 10. You know, other people have him in the top five. I like the kid. Um, I grabbed him his first season in fantasy football before Dante did. <laughs> Dante was mad at me all year, I was mad as but him. you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, I, I put Tom Brady ahead of him just because, Hey, you can't argue with Brady winning the, uh, Super Bowl again. And he did beat Mahomes in that game. So not saying he outplayed him, but he knows how to win. Uh, staying on my quarterback trend. I got Deshaun Watson in at number six. Guy's just amazing at what he can do with the talent around him. That's, I mean, you can't say any more. Um, Aaron Rodgers, like Dante said, you got to have the league MVP in your top five. There he is at number five. Um, great season, great numbers. You know, yeah. it's a shame how things wound up. Not his fault, but uh, Travis Kelsey, guy that just, is amazing um, combination tight end wide receiver. You call him what you want. He makes a difference in a game. I put Devonte Adams at three. The comparison Wood Rogers had to season. If it wasn't for Don Devonte Adams, I think Adams made the difference. So I bumped him up. I don't think there was a receiver quite like him this year. Uh, his numbers almost 1400 yards. Like Rob said, 18 touchdowns, just amazing numbers. For 14 games. Derek. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 14 I got to circle that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Derek Henry in at number two, like you said, over 2,000 yards. That's a great stat. 17 touchdowns, 5.4 yards a carry. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing to watch. Uh, he, he is a special talent. Uh, I hope Josh is listening because, you know, we, we do, we do like him and, and he does have the feedies. So, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and then I, on, man. yeah, <laughs> I went with Aaron yeah, Donald crying with uh, with Nikes on <laughs> <laughs> the turn. I went with Aaron Donald at number one. I mean, the, the stats that were already mentioned on his tackles and sacks were amazing, but the one that I found was a little different. He had league leading 98 pressures, 21 more than who whoever finished in second. I mean, nobody was close to the man. Mm. He's a beast, and he deserved number one, in my opinion. He also led the league in double teams and triple teams. Yes, yeah, he right. did. Mm. Absolutely. Put that out there, Gene. With that, <laughs> we'll head over to your list. Uh, so I have Quentin Nelson as my offensive lineman on here. Look, I love Ronnie Stanley, but he got he had a season-ending injury. He didn't play enough for me to, to make a list. But Quentin Nelson uh, has allowed three sacks in his career. Yeah. Uh, one sack yep. all last year. He's the best yep. guard in the game. It's not even close. True. Uh, I have him at 10. Xavier Howard led the NFL in interceptions last year. Uh, had 10 uh, for the Miami Dolphins, and it seemed like he was involved in every big defensive play they had. Uh, Danger Russ was um, Russell Wilson. Yeah. He was on track to be the MVP of the league. 
I know. And yeah. then his coverage, his, his offensive line just broke down on him. And if it wasn't for those last four or five games of the season, he was he would have been number one or two. You sure. know what's going to be um, funny, Gene? Like 10 years from now, when Russell Wilson retires, there's going to be a trivia question that says, which quarterback did not win MVP? And then we're going to be like mind blown that it's like, we're all going to pick Russell Wilson. That you know These three won MVP out of these four. And then people are going to be like, oh, no, it's not Russell Wilson. And we're all going to be like, what, really? I don't remember that happening. It's because of this, man. Yeah. Like, he always yeah. – he's going to be the one that Russell, never wins the, the team around him can't put together a complete season. Yeah, he yeah. was running for his life the back third of the season for sure. Yep. 100%, Rob. I agree with you. Um, Derrick Henry, um, I probably have him a little bit low, a little bit lower than most of you guys do. Um, running backs to me are, are – I think they're being devalued in the NFL – and although 2,000 yards is amazing and he carried that Titans team, um, I have him only at number seven because I have the most underrated cornerback in the league and one of the best shutdown corners that no one had on their list, Jair Alexander. He is absolutely unbelievable over in Green Bay. They, yes. for this NFL season, had the best pairing of corners in the league with him and Kevin King. And then Kevin King decided he wanted to put a worst football game in the history of <laughs> cornerbacks in the uh, NFC championship game. Oh man! So uh, Jair Alexander, I mean, he still showed up in the playoffs as well as the entire regular season. Pat Mahomes had a very quiet 15 and one season. It's kind of odd. Um, yep. Unbelievable right. quarterback, great talent. Was that their record? Uh, yeah. It was 15 and one. Yeah. They How only lost to the Raiders. It? They only lost yep. of the year. Yep. Uh, and then Travis Kelsey who led the NFL in receptions at the tight end yeah. position, which is, I think he's second actually behind Stefan Diggs. It was really close. Um, now, the next two, I'll tell you why I put T.J. Watt below Aaron Donald. I believe Aaron Donald should have been the defensive player of the year. T.J. Watt was the defensive player of the year until Bud Dupree got hurt. When Bud Dupree got hurt and they they, they really just doubled off of um, T.J. Watt's side, you look at his stats the last four good games point. of the season, he's That's just a, a great different point. player than he was their first, first 11. Uh, nice. Aaron Donald had, led the league in double teams, led the league in triple teams, led the league in pressures. He is – Guys, I don't, you know, I, I hate using this word. I hate going this far with it, but he might be the greatest defensive lineman you ever watch play football. I mean, he is just that good, and he still has a good portion of his career left. Sure Hopefully, does. everything that just came out about him. Um, yeah, I, 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 that's true. a bad news story there. Yeah, hey, Jane, yeah. check this out. I, I told Don earlier this week, I was like, with how big Aaron, I don't know if people realize how big Aaron Donald is. <laughs> I was at, I would love to see him fight MMA. Just to at least try it. <laughs> Imagine how crazy that would be. Francis Ngannou versus Aaron Donald. <laughs> I would like to see Aaron Donald versus Quentin Nelson in a fight, man. That would be that too. Hart. How about Greg Hardy? Oh, uh, Greg Hardy. Yeah, let Aaron and, Donald fight him. <laughs> and and the number one, I did this based on the regular season because this is who I thought was the MVP and mm -hmm. This is who was the MVP, Aaron Rodgers. I mm -hmm. thought he was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, a yeah. lot of things that we don't look at when it comes to Green Bay is um, they have a second-round running back. They don't have a first-round wide receiver on the roster. That Aaron Rodgers does not has. If you look at his offensive line outside Bakhtiari, he has a makeshift offensive line, but his he is so intelligent. An offensive line played well, but they're made yeah. of sixth and seventh rounders, and you know, right the right guards, an undrafted guy out of Duke. Um, you know. Lucas Patrick, a friend of my, you know, my boss, he's, he's his cousin actually, but um, they, I'm very particularly interested in the Green Bay Packers because of that. 
And Aaron Rodgers really makes whatever system he has works. He makes running backs good. And I feel like that they didn't need to pay Aaron Jones this year the way they did. Hmm. Um, I felt like that, you know, he is the the straw that stirs the pot. You notice I didn't have a wide receiver on the list. Uh, Devontae Adams, Stephen Diggs, and Josh Allen were my honorable mentions. People that just missed the list. Um, I think that any of those three could make the list. That's but fair. for wide receivers yeah. to me, and this is a lot to do with skill position players, uh, they have to have someone throw them football. And I feel like that I, I undervalue skill those skill position players a little bit more than I probably should, uh, judging by your list, who, which I love. Right. But um, this was my top 10 list for the NFL season. Yeah, I mean, the, the only reason I had to put Devontae Adams on mine is just like, I mean, say what you want about the guy, but he is the best route runner in the league. And, you know, Pro Football Focus came out and said he creates four to five yards of separation off the line. Like, think about how how far that is. Like, I mean, of course, if I was Aaron Rodgers, it would be a little easier to know that somebody's five five yards ahead of somebody, you know? (laughs) So that's, I mean, that's literally – and I, I can see your Stefan Diggs take too, sure. and I can see why a lot of people put him there. But I mean, Josh Allen was throwing to him so much this year. I mean, yeah. he was forced to have a good year. He led the league in targets well, as well as receptions. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But let me give you the adverse effect. Do you think the defenses that are playing against them that know they do not have a run game at yeah. all? Yeah, and their number two wide receiver is Cole Beasley. Yeah. Like you don't think that he's seeing double and triple teams throughout that secondary. Mm-hmm. Stefan Diggs played amazing football. Oh, yeah. Year. 100% and, agree. Yeah. He, him and Devontae Adams are, were the top two receivers in the NFL for the 2020 season. I don't think they're the best two receivers in the NFL, but for that season, I think they're the best. Yeah. That that was the question, right? Who are, who are our best players yeah. of uh, last year? I'm, I'm curious to see the top 100. And that's kind of where I got this idea from is like, you know, we're not going to go through all 100 players, but <laughs> to see what the players say was their top 10. They're the ones that played against them. Um, so I'm always curious to see what their top top 10 are. And some people don't even play the full season and get to make it in. So <laughs> it just tells you to the respect. Like, if Aaron Donald was out this year, do you think that he would be in the top 100? Like, if he had a season in the injury? I almost guarantee yes. that they would put him in the top 100 just because of how much of a force he is. They did it with J.J. Watt. Sure. So... Um, all right, so time for the last the last topic. I think we're all going to agree on this one. I think offense <laughs> is going to be a little easier than defense, but I'd be compelled to hear some of your arguments of why you would put somebody over the, the next person. So the nominees, just to get into those, just take a quick glance at who we had. This is who, uh, who we all had in our list um, based off of all the position or the, you know, the positions for offense. Next week we'll do defense. So we did QB halfback fullback now this was an interesting one because um jim brown and earl campbell are considered fullbacks (laughs) so i know that's kind of insane but we'll get down to who the best running back is off this list uh collectively offensive line of course we all had uh you know six different players there which was kind of interesting yeah um wide receiver and then tight end um somebody put jeremy shockey up there Uh, (laughs) um, go to our finalists joe montana tom brady everybody on everybody here had them on their list there was not a a different person on there walter payton barry sanders i think i was the only one that had ladanian tomlinson instead um so hopefully you guys can see why i would put him there but uh (laughs) i think 
like like I said before, Alvin Kamara is like the new school Ladanian Tomlinson for me. Uh, Anthony Munoz and Larry Allen. Pretty much everybody had those two. Now, this is the one that came down to the wire, but uh, I actually had um, my wife just pick a name, even though she doesn't know the player. So Mike Allstott made it on the list. <laughs> um, and then another one that came down to the wire was Randy Moss and Larry Fitzgerald. She chose uh, Randy Moss. So Jerry Rice and uh, she made the right decision with Randy Moss. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't think Larry Fitzgerald's four, three or four. Really? Just mm. be, I think Terrell Owens would be three. Um, and then you can make a real strong argument for Marvin Harrison over Larry Fitzgerald. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Tight end Rob Gronkowski, Tony Gonzalez. Everybody pretty much had them on their list. So I don't, I don't think there's any arguments there. So we got the live bracket for you. We're going to go ahead and fill this out. So the first that we got up in our first, uh, first list here is Walter Payton and Mike Allstott. <laughs> Who are we picking, boys? I'll take the nine seed, Walter Payton. Yeah, no kidding. All right, so we're taking uh, Walter, Walter Payton. All right, cool. That's seventy-seven hundred yard games. So we got. So we'll have Barry Sanders and uh, Walter Payton on uh, that list. Are are you are you writing it down for it? I don't know. Yeah. So I've, I've got I Payton, Payton and Sanders on the next bracket. I'm, I got them down here. Hold on. Let me see if I can reload it. He wrote it down before the show. We knew. There, it's already filled <laughs> out. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what you're gonna say, but I have my bracket filled out. All right, so we got we got Barry Sanders and Walter Payton. All right, so I mean, you can make the argument for Michael Allstott. He did play halfback for a little bit. People tend to forget about that, and he did run for a thousand yards as a fullback, which is very impressive. And to in today's standards, he, of fullback, you're right? in good hands with Allstott. He he was automatic from one yard. I don't know why he's he would not get in the you, Hall of Fame yet. He would get you one yard a hundred percent of the time. I think he's just kind of unlucky with all the sure. players that have gotten to the hall of fame but his yeah. time is coming soon I, I hope so i mean i'm a john lynch fan that's my favorite player of all time but uh you know just like john lynch i don't think necessarily he was supposed to get in this year but hey it'll be mike allstott's time here pretty soon it just has, so. it has to be one of those lists where it wasn't like crazy amazing players and he's like the standout but uh yeah we gotta give mike allstott his just dude the, the dude hey. was amazing um and then we got Jerry Rice and Rob Gronkowski. So we got I mean, pretty much the poor two. seating. Yeah, just yeah. yeah. This, is, this is a tough draw for Gronk. But yeah, I mean Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. I think I think it's gonna get more Jerry interesting Rice. as as we yeah. go on here. Yeah, that's so Jerry Rice versus Tony Gonzalez and move on to the next round. Yep. Larry Allen and Anthony Munoz. This might be the most interesting one because we got the two offensive linemen going against sure. each other. Now, Larry Allen played for the Dallas Cowboys, as we know. Yep. And Anthony Munoz was probably the best player in Bengals history. Oh yeah, easily. You know, I mean, I to me he's the best offensive lineman in the history of the game. Hey, you, you look at what he did. I mean, he made eleven straight All Pro teams. Yep, and eleven Pro Bowls in hey. thirteen years. Well, you have two now thinking he's the best offensive lineman of all time, and I'd be damned if I'm picking a Cowboy. Yeah, thank, <laughs> thank you, you very yeah. much. I'll take Munoz. That's right. All right, all so right. we got Anthony Munoz. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Larry Allen was good in his own right. No kidding. He, I mean, the dude had like hands the size of like two <laughs> breakfast skillets. Man, right. it was crazy. Yeah, he be he was part of the reason Emmett Smith could do what he did. But I, I mean, think Anthony no Munoz is the only player to make eleven All Pro teams too. You know how hard hard yeah. it is to make eleven All Pro teams. By that alone, that's yeah. that alone. You just gotta slide him into the next category. So we got Tom Brady and Anthony Munoz. That would be an interesting one. Mm -hmm. 
And then Jim Brown and Randy Moss. Here's a tough one. Hmm. This was this was the this was the tough Jim, one. There you go. Jim Brown averaged 100 yards per game for all 118 starts. Never missed a game. Jesus. He he had a short career, but he yep. walked away on his own terms and was he did the most dominant player of his entire generation. He could have won MVP yep. every single year he played. I, I, to me, I I got to put him over Randy Moss as incredible a receiver as Randy Moss is. On the all-time, all-time list, that's who it is for me. Let me see if I... Oh, I wasn't logged in. Let me see if I can do it live here. Do it live. <laughs> Uh-oh. We might be able to do oh, it. Oh, now we can actually click on it. <laughs> Bam, oh, there we go. All right. All right. Submit score. We have Ray, Jerry Rice, Rice, of course. There yeah, we go. We're, we're in Andy business. Munoz. Look at this. And uh, all right, so Jim Brown and Randy Moss. What do you got, Gene? Yeah, Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Yeah, I, listen, Randy Moss is a great wide receiver, um, but Jim Brown was dominant throughout his entire mm. era. Yep. Don yep. put that perfectly. Like, yep. didn't miss a start. Dude, tough yep. as nails, and. Uh, you know, Randy Moss, great wide receiver, but you do yeah. have to remember he's had three seasons in the NFL where he didn't even reach a thousand yards receiving. That's true. Uh, yeah. Oakland, what Seattle, and, and his last year in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, last year in Minnesota. Yep. All right, yeah. collectively, yeah, Jim the, Brown. The film on Jim Brown, he looks like you ever watch like <laughs> the kids' game and like the the one twelve year old that's already two hundred and twenty pounds. That's like running yeah. against all the other little kids, and he's just shoving them to the ground. <laughs> and it, like it, it's insane. Yeah. Yep. All right, and then the next round we got uh, Barry Sanders and Walter Payton. So I'm from I'm a '90s. Well, I was born in '89, but I'm a '90s kid. Barry Sanders without a line. <laughs> I mean, he didn't need a line. That's that's my argument for Barry Sanders right I, there. I, I just... picked Barry Sanders as well. Walter Payton's an again an all time great, one of the probably fifty greatest players in the league's history. Barry Sanders was absolutely. If incredible. Barry Sanders would have kept playing, he, it he's another been guy that walked away on his own terms earlier than fans wanted him to, but the stuff that he did on his own was so incredible. Like, I've mm. never seen anybody else do what he did. Yeah, Gene and Don, which I got. Don, you can go on this one. I want to see if I have to. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm I'm going with Barry Sanders. Ten times, 1,000-yard season rushing uh, out of his 13 years. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I, I, I watched him more. Peyton was – I mean, I did watch Peyton at some point, but, you know, Barry Sanders was more in my time frame as well, and uh, I'll, I'll take that. Okay, so my only comment on this will be as simple as what do you consider greatest of all time? Uh, at their peak, Barry Sanders would win that. Uh, Walter Payton played longer. Uh, he he was more consistent. Uh, you know, Barry, I love Barry Sanders, and I think he's the greatest running back of all time if we're talking about at their peak. Uh, but with that being said, I, I just want to be clear. Yeah. Uh, Barry Sanders also has the most yardage lost in the NFL, like the most tackles for loss out of any running back ever. Um, That's a great point. Ooh. I'll go Barry Sanders, but a lot slimmer than you guys have it. Oh, absolutely. And I don't know. And, and Dante, I know you're 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 probably younger, and I'm young too. But to put Ladanian Tomlinson over Walter Payton is hurtful in my head. <laughs> hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just looked at how many touchdowns, like how much he meant to that offense, man. Like, I mean, you could say this about the other two, right? Sure. I mean, 
mean, well, if we're talking about anybody, Barry Sanders. Super Bowl, right? Exactly. They they yeah. look at well. I mean, the the Bears defense won the Super Bowl. Well, the Bears defense yeah, and right. Walter Payton. You know, it was Buddy Ryan and his defense. Buddy Ryan, the defensive coordinator, got carried off the field. Yep. After winning that game, not the head coach. <laughs> like, yeah. It, 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 but yeah, Walter Payton was the only reason the Bears had an offense during those times. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. He was amazing. So now this is got carried off the field that year. The the head coach and the defense quarter. And part of the reason they carried Buddy off the field, if you watch the uh, 30 for 30, I'll just give you a quick. Sure. Buddy had told them the night before that he was leaving he was to leaving. go coach the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. So that was going to be his last game. So they carried both of them off the field. Uh, I think that. That 85 Bears team, greatest defense ever to step foot on a, uh, on the field. But with that being said, I think that Walter Payton gets a little overshadowed on that team sure. because how great that defense was. They still had to move the ball, and Walter Payton did it every single game. But you make a good point about Barry Sanders. Yeah. That's something I did not know. He, he was always trying to make something out of nothing because he would go four but, or five yards back to try to go forward again. But then that's the thing, yeah. too. Then that's the argument. It's like, did Barry Sanders ever have one person that really held on to a block longer than a second? No. <laughs> so it's like, do I you... mean, j- just to put it in perspective, his best wide receiver he ever played with was Herman Moore, and his best quarterback he ever played with was Scott Mitchell. Yeah. for a whole career that's not yeah yeah no wonder he retired early so then you look at the other side of that right it's like okay you had all these tackles for loss but then to put up the numbers that you still did you had to recover somewhere too right so 100 i think that's definitely great yeah and and gene it it did come down to being really close with me uh when i I, oh yeah this was hard for me i had to break it down their years total yards Barry Sanders had about 240 yards a year more on average. That that's what gave me the nudge. Yep. Um, Fair point. Jerry Rice and Tony Gonzalez. I'm going Jerry Rice, greatest yep. receiver yep. ever to play the game. Um, Tony Gonzalez is good, but you know if you're talking about skill positions and receiving, yep. nobody did it better than Jerry Rice. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Jerry Jerry Rice is the all-time leader in points scored, and everyone else in like the top ten is kickers. <laughs> More names. It's just him. <laughs> he scored enough touchdowns to outscore the kickers. Like he's the only one in the league that's ever done it. Like yeah, you, you get you tell him yeah yeah yeah. You played with Joe Montana and Steve Young. It, it to put up the numbers he did. He's next level. Like, so I had to think about a couple things here because of course Jerry Jerry Rice is going to win it for me. But I also had to look at instant arguments about Tony Gonzalez. You know oh, here yeah. too. And just to see the way that Travis Kelsey is projecting himself right now, I know we had Rob Gronkowski, but Tony Gonzalez's future in future, you know, in tight ends with yep. Travis Kelsey and Rob Gronkowski still playing, and you got to look at George Kittle when he's healthy. Like we're not even going to be talking about Tony Gonzalez being okay. one of the best ever here. Yeah, like, I mean, very and, soon. Well, Tony G revolutionized the position. He was the pass catching tight end. Mm-hmm. I mean, his uh, his time in but, KC, he was. Mm, Incredible, kind of, but Kellen Winslow with okay. the Chargers. Yeah, Kellen Winslow senior, sure. Yeah, I think that was like when you first started seeing because Dan Fouts to me, I'm a. Oh, yeah. We had this discussion. He sucks. Like he shouldn't even be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> but without Kellen Winslow, I love you. I love you for that take. <laughs> without, Ke- I mean, without Kellen Winslow, no, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not a. He's not a Hall of Famer. Neither is a <laughs> Cool Joe. He ain't. Not not what? not Montana, but um, 
Oh, Joe Namath? Joe Namath, yeah. yeah. He made, I mean, he made the most famous prediction in the history of sports. But... He got in because he won one Super Bowl, but yep. the dude's trash. All right. <laughs> Tony, Tony Gonzalez, real quick. Sure. 17-year 17, 17 career, 14 Pro Bowls, and he was nominated into the 2000s All-Decade team. Yeah. Oh. Well, so, seven Shannon, he did it forever too. That's Shannon true. Sharp yeah. says that he's better than Tony Gonzalez, and I'm like, it's not, it's not true, dude. Like Tony Gonzalez so. was on another level when you guys played. Nobody was talking about Shannon Sharp being a better tight end. I mean, he he put up a few really good years with John Elway. I'll give him credit, but not but, 17 and 14 Pro Bowls. Like that's different. Todd, he took his job. I'm gonna just put it like that. Todd Heap came in. I don't know if people remember Todd. Todd Heap was a beast. When you talk about early 2000 tight ends, it's like we go through generations of tight ends, right? But Todd Heap and Jeremy Shockey were like the two that everybody used to talk about. Um, now, Tom Brady and Anthony Munoz, depending on how you look at this, I think I'm going to go against the grain here. Really? I'm going Anthony Munoz 11 times in the all-pro team. When has Tom Brady been an All Pro eleven times? Uh, for me, I mean, we're quarterbacks. Talk, yes, we're, we're talking I agree. quarterbacks. I mean, the the leader of your team wins and losses count more for quarterbacks than anybody. Championships count more for quarterbacks than anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously the Bengals, you know, yeah, they're the Bengals, but and they were. I mean, they had some good years while Munoz was there. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, Tom Brady's the greatest winner in the history of sports. Like, I I can't. I can't put anything past him. He's the greatest. The the only thing that I that I would say about that is do we not consider Joe Thomas one of the best ever, even though he played with the Browns his whole career? He still was the best he was one of the best ever at left tackle. Dante. Sure. Dante, save yourself here. Tom <laughs> Brady. It's Tom Brady and it's not, not Tom even Brady. that close. Yeah. Tom Brady is won seven Super Bowls at this point. And the win the Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in uh, COVID shortened season to just go down there in a totally different system to prove it wasn't just Bill. And if you look yeah. at all the Super Bowls he won in New England with his top targets being Julian Edelman, Dion Branch, yep. uh, David Patton, like these aren't yep. uh, Hall of Fame players, and he never had a great running game. Tom Brady, and it's not that close. Totally agree. Don, who you got? Yep, same thing. Uh, uh, hey, he's a five-time Super Bowl MVP, three-time league MVP. His numbers are ridiculous, 64% career completion, thrown for almost 80,000 yards. I mean, hands down. So the next one, I think, is going to probably be the closest one. Yeah, this is a tough one. This was, a, this was a tough one for me. Yes, this is hard. Gene, we'll go ahead and start with you on this one. Uh, this is the toughest one. And you're not kidding when you say this. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm going to go Joe and I'm going to go by the slimmest of margins. And I, I won't be upset if, if, if you guys go Jim, because Joe Montana is unbelievable and four and in Super Bowls is, is very mm-hmm. impressive. Um, that was the only thing about Tom Brady is just yeah. that stat alone until he won seven and was just like, yeah, okay. We got to give it to you, but <laughs> but yeah, Joe winning four, not losing. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm going Joe very very slim. All right, Rob, who you got? I again slimmest of margins. I went I went Montana as well. Um, I know it, it was super tough. Again, it the only thing I could have thought of was 
again, Jim Brown's career was a little short. He was amazing for while he was in the league. A hundred percent dominant man against boys. But you know, if he played two more seasons, we might've think about it. Yeah. But he's just outside of that top two or three players of all time because of the length of his career. Who you guys got in the comments? Because I feel like this is, I think me and Don might have the, the same guy. I, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm picking Jim Brown. I, your, your pops <laughs> is, is upset with us for, for not picking Jim Brown. My he, dad is a, such a huge Jim Brown fan, it's not even funny. Um, he's a boxer, too. Him and, um, him and uh, Jim Thorpe. He's oh, a yeah, big yeah, Jim yeah. Thorpe fan, too. Um, yeah, I got, I got Jim Brown on mine. So, Don, who you got? Well, Jim Brown, nine-year career, nine-time Pro Bowl. Uh, Montana, 15-year career, eight-time Pro Bowl. That's what it came down to with me. I went Jim Brown. Wow. Jim Brown. All Very right. Very slim. Very slim. So, we're <laughs> watching the comments. Like, I, I think, don't even know if I can count my wife because she right. went to Syracuse. It's, 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 <laughs> God, your, whole family your wife and your dad Brown. are the ones playing. <laughs> <laughs> How do we flip a coin on this one? You got to go by the comments. Though. Yeah, I mean, the comments yeah. have it. Give yeah. it to him. Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Wow. Wow. Too. But it was this. And it's it was rate when they talk about razor thing. Oh, yeah. That's the toughest thin. one of the whole bracket for sure. Well, I mean, this next round was pretty tough, too. Oh, I don't no think good. it was yeah, as tough as, as gets, that. As but I'm interested to see what you guys say about Barry Sanders and Jerry Rice, though. Um, uh, I'll start real quick. So I'm the, the guest. I, I, I'll go Jerry Rice. Yep. And uh, just because he did it longer and he yep. did it for a, a – yeah, I think Jerry Rice is what Barry Sanders would have been if he played 15 years with a really good team. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. Good point. I love it. Good point. Very good. Um, yep. I got Barry Sanders. I picked Barry Sanders also. Oh. <laughs> Don, who you got? Jerry Rice, man. Oh, geez. All right. Gene, Gene hit every point yeah, I yeah. had for, yeah. for picking Jerry Rice you know on that one. Gene, Gene convinced me. Let's give him the tie break. You give, give Gene the tiebreak. I think so. All right. Like I, I, I hate to say it, but like, no, I, I no, I agree. Like, I don't think it's that close, it, for me, it, it was yep. it was as much the eyeball test on this one because it was they ran, the, it for, was the eyeball it, and what could have been. The, the guy was so electric and did things that I've never seen. And you know, like another running back make professional defensive players just look so silly. But and did did yeah. Jerry Rice really have anybody that was competing with him? Like to be completely honest, because we had Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders, and Emmett Smith was sweating bullets that if Barry Sanders would have stayed, he would have got the record. Oh sure, but yeah, that's but I, I mean that's that's I, theoreticals versus. It, I mean, it, Jerry Rice owns so many offensive records. He's like the Wayne Gretzky of offensive football. You know, if you have but, a random trivia question, the answer is probably Jerry Rice. Like the the and this goat bracket is based off of NFL careers, right? But if the only nod that I would give to Barry Sanders is like my dad said, Oklahoma State, he was amazing there. But this is NFL. We got to go by the stats. So Jerry Rice, yeah, of course, is going to make it in everybody's top two. <laughs> now Tom Brady and Jim Brown was a very interesting one too. <laughs> um, I I mean I got to go with Tom on this one. Um, and I think it's just based off of I've seen this dude play my whole, well, half of my child life and, sure. <laughs> and all of my adult yeah. life. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of obvious yeah. that, you know, based off of his accolades, I got to go Tom Brady. Who you got, Rob? Uh, same, same for me. I got to go Tom Brady. 
I mean, he's been doing it. He's going into his age 43 season. He's not yeah. done yet. Yeah, he's he's odds on favorite. They they're bringing back all 22 starters. They're going to they're going to have a good shot at repeating. Mm-hmm. He's going for Super Bowl number eight. Like, I really like no one's seen anything like this. He's just going to. You know, he's going down as the best of all time. Yep. Gene, who you got? Uh, I have Tom Brady also. If uh, Joe, Joe, Jim Brown and Joe Montana were razor thin, Tom Brady is not as close. Okay. Um, I'm glad I didn't have, I'm <laughs> glad Jim Brown won because I don't have to get into my why Tom Brady's way better than Joe Montana argument. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I, I love the 49ers, but he's 4 0 in Super Bowls. Yeah, that only matters if he plays four years. Right. Every year he plays after four years and loses in the NFC wildcard round or the NFC divisional round or the NFC conference round. That's yeah. yep. that's not as good as losing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So I, I, I'll, I'll go Tom Brady here. And Don, who you got? Tom Brady. Yeah, you might think me being the oldest guy, I would go Jim Brown. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going longevity here, and I'm taking Tom Brady. All right, so final round of the bracket. Let me get this out the way. Bam. Slide this over and blow this up because <laughs> the showdown. Now, a lot of people have been talking about this over the years, but we got to go to the showdown here because now it's a reality on who the actual NFL GOAT is, right? Jerry Rice versus Tom Brady. If it's me, based off of the the work that he's done up to this point, he's still playing, I got to go with Mr. Tom. But this this was a this was a close one, man. This uh, next to the Jim Brown and and Joe Montana, I could see an argument for both. Cause I, I'm even going against my argument of that championships don't necessarily define the player. Yeah. Um, we could say that about you know Dan Marino too. Are we gonna? I mean, at the end of the day, do we always go back? Oh yeah, Dan Marino never won a, a Super Bowl, but uh, doesn't take away the fact that he was an amazing player. Gene, who you got? Uh, this is uh, just as tough to me as Jim Brown and um, Joe Montana. Yep. I got to go Tom because Jerry can't throw the ball to himself. Um, I'm going Tom because <laughs> he's the quarterback position means more. Uh, and to do what he's done over the span of time that he's done it, like he is, you know, he reminds me of Jordan in a sense that he just stops players from getting championships. Great players just yeah. aren't getting them because of what Tom Brady's done in this league. Yeah, uh, Tom Brady point. is my answer. So my my dad says, but what if Tom Brady got the third to Jerry Rice? Well, <laughs> I tell you what, the the guy that made this bracket, you saw the season that Tom Brady had when he got Randy Moss healthy for one year. I he, said the same thing when he it, went to the Buccaneers. That, didn't didn't I, Don? I said, yes, watch what he does. It's going to be the same receiving thing. core. Yep, like it. it we, we got to see it once. But that was my <laughs> argument against Peyton yeah. Manning and Tom Brady because remember that at one point in time before he won three more Super Bowls before oh, uh, yeah, Peyton when, Manning when, retired. When, when there was an argument. Yeah. But I was like, Peyton Manning played with Marvin Harrison, Reggie mm-hmm. Wayne, Dallas Clark, Edrian James, Marshall Falk. I mean, you can go down on the list. Yeah. Brandon Stokely, when he was in he his prime, was defense, good. Though. He sure didn't. Uh, that's that's he true. Had, he had to outscore that's every fair. team he played mm-hmm. with. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I got to go Tom Brady too. Like, he's the goat. It is what it is. You know, he he plays the most important position. He's won more than anybody else, and it's not close. You know, Jerry Rice is amazing. 
And the only thing that gave me hesitation was some of the controversy that's followed Tom Brady. But I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that not that much of the controversial stuff that went on in New England was his doing. You know, but at the same time, he left New England and still won. So, yeah. I mean, to me, that, that puts him over the top. He He's my winner. Yeah. So, yep. Don, go ahead and if close out the show. Last year, if we did this last year, I might have took Jerry Rice for that reason. Exactly. With him going to exactly. Tampa Bay and winning that. Yeah. yeah. Over the top. Yeah I, I, yeah, I agree. That put him over the top. I got Tom Brady. All right. Well, this is the GOAT bracket. I don't think it was a surprise, but we had some surprises along the way. Sure. That was fun. <laughs> Um, I, I seeded this based off of how many times we voted for that person. Um, and obviously the guys that got voted the most actually won. So the only person that got voted the most outside of Jerry Rice was Joe Montana, which everybody had them on their top two quarterbacks. So next week yep. when uh, Uncle Shally comes on, we'll do de- <laughs> defense. And I think that one's going to be a little harder. It will be. Yeah. Um, yeah. That'll be a, a, a lot more interesting. So. Appreciate Gene coming on the show tonight. It's been thank you, Gene. It's been an amazing show, man. Thank you, guys. I've had a lot of fun. You know, firm handshakes in the chat for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, We're about an hour and thirty in. We usually like to go, you know, between this time. So it's cool that we went, you know, a little over into overtime. Yeah. Yeah, we went overtime with this one. But uh, this is everybody's favorite couch quarterback, Rob, Don, the stats guru, and uh, Gene from Wire to Wire. We're signing out for today, guys. Uh, We'll catch you later. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the East Coast Gridiron Podcast. Find us on all your favorite music and podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. For all the latest news and updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by going to eastcoastgridiron.com.